0: she fucking ripped one The right. dude was like goddamn bitch and she right. pulled a knife on him for getting upset about her fart she
1: was like she's like you don't like my fart <laughs>
0: right she's like oh okay yeah that, that's that's basically the story
1: She was like oh, okay you don't like this she's like i'm gonna show you i'm gonna teach you not to like this <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and I'm...
0: Hello, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you? Doing well. Superman does good. <laughs> You're doing well. Yeah, we are on episode 43.
0: I thought it was a 42,
1: 43,
0: 43. Yeah. Okay, great, it's 43.
1: Yeah, 42 was episode, uh, Yarlers.
0: So, yes, I gotta, I gotta refer back to that. So, when we were doing that episode...
1: That was the most depressing episode. We well, no, the most depressing episode we ever have done was the one where we talked about Dimebag Daryl dying, and we just cried our way through the end.
0: <laughs> that was the nobody most commented on that. I don't think anybody felt the same way about that as we did.
1: We also had a very small listener base at the time, and I don't know if anyone has gone back to listen to that one. That was a, uh, was sad.
0: It was sad. So, but so last week, I was talking about Pearl Jam's Jeremy video. And I kept saying, Oh yeah, the video was in black and white, I remember. Right. It, blah, it wasn't. Blah, blah. And then after the episode, <laughs> because I'm such a good researcher, after I delivered my research, <laughs> I went and watched the video only to discover it's there's some black and white parts. And the ones the one moment <laughs> I really not. remember is black and white with the red. But for the most part it's a full color video. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out how faulty memory can be. Mine in particular. <laughs> But I, I was fully like, oh, yeah, it was a black and white video. And like I, I went back and I was like, it doesn't even start in black and white. It's yeah. Not black and white at all.
1: Because you kept saying that and I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen this. And then like I went and I I looked at it after we recorded. Yeah. Actually, I think I looked at it after I edited and everything. Like I was like done. I uploaded the, the podcast. Yeah. And then the second I saw like that, like the still from like Eddie Vedder, like close up in that like posture. Yeah. I was like, and it was all red. I was like, yeah, I've seen this video.
0: Everybody's seen that. Well, everybody in our demographic has seen that video.
1: I've never seen a black and white version of the video.
0: There's there's some black and white shots for drama for dramatic purposes. But that in my mind, it was an all black and white video. Yeah, you're right. I might have also been thinking of the single cover art because I used to collect the Pearl Jam singles. Which, which reminds me, be, being somebody who collected albums and stuff, what was really cool about Pearl Jam is they, they stopped releasing, for the most part, they didn't release singles in America on CD unless it was uh, like a pop or a dance song. But rock singles would only come out in the UK or, or somewhere in the European market, and then they would sell them over here as imports for $12 a piece.
1: I remember imports. 12, so
0: Pearl Jam didn't like this practice, so they started putting out their singles domestically for four and five dollars a piece because they had a lot of b-sides that you could at the time you couldn't get now now you can go on spotify or youtube or whatever hear whatever you want but back then if you wanted to hear yellow lead better or footsteps or something you had to have the single there was no other way to hear it and so i was paying 10 or 12 bucks. i did it for a bunch of bands i have a green day single that's the cd itself is carved in the shape of a brain brain. yeah Yeah, for brain stew and stuff like that
1: i've seen that I seen it.
0: You did, yeah. In my collection, yeah. That's also where, what was that song? "Good Riddance," that big hit from I hate that song. from Nimrod. Yeah, it actually debuted on that single for Brain Stew. Like that's that that's song. so when that song became an actual fully fleshed out song and a big hit, I thought it was kind of cool to hear how it developed from the Insomniac album, where it was a lot shorter, uh, and they didn't have any of the. I think there's, I don't know, there's other stringed instruments in that version that was released. This was just basically an acoustic guitar and Billy Joe singing on on that single. It was it was cool to see that evolve and then become this monster hit. It's like, see, B-sides can become hits. Yellow Letter, Yellow Lead Better being another one. I don't know if you remember that song. Yeah, I do. So, yeah, I just wanted to to point out that (laughs) my memory sucks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. We have a couple. We actually talked About our topics this week. We have a couple things to talk about.
0: Hey, let's do let's do house cleaning at the beginning. Housekeeping, not house cleaning. (laughs) Housekeeping, I guess. No House cleaning, House cleaning, guys. I'm leaving. (laughs) Cleaning up the show.
1: Cleaning up the show. New host, Sam and Crowley.
0: So anyway, uh, just any new listeners. We have a Facebook page you can go and look at. No, there's not a whole. Sometimes we'll post memes or like I have a poll going right now. As, asking if we should go see Aquaman the Aquaman movie during its theatrical run right now it's running 100% no so most it's, apparently people do not want to see that movie but there's other stuff going on on we have a Facebook page we've got an Instagram page and you know we have you know a, a WordPress website lots of places you can that makes it sound like
1: we have a free WordPress site we have a website that runs on wordpress it's oh, an okay. actual website it's a but website that we makes a website. it sound like couple goals
0: all, podcast.com but
1: yeah
0: um, but we have couple goals podcast on instagram and of course you can subscribe to us on itunes i don't know if the google, google I don't is a google podcast i assume they have a subscribe button at this point i don't know but we're on spotify you can tell alexa to listen to us don't talk to her <laughs> sorry i didn't get her attention this time
1: yeah don't talk to her. She'll kick on <laughs> Don't and talk to and her. Start talking.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go first with my news story because I'm on her.
1: Yeah, we both have news stories.
0: We have. Uh, fun I think it'd be funny if you have this same news story. I, I wonder if you do. I'm really curious. So
1: my news story is freaky. Okay,
0: freaky this is deaky. not freaky at all. This Mine's is this is funny. Freakies
1: need love too.
0: All right, my story is from CNN.com. It took. Uh, they ran this on November 29th, 2018. So who would be willing to pay upward of $500 for Payless Shoes? The answer, hoodwinked social media influencers, that's who. Payless Shoes, a brand known for budget-friendly shoes, opened a fake pop-up store called Palesi in a Los Angeles mall and invited influencers to the grand opening. The store was stocked with Payless Shoes in disguise. The stunt even included a sleek website and an Instagram account. About 80 influencers attended over two nights, According to Payless. They shelled out a total of three thousand dollars. Jesus. One shopper spent six hundred and forty dollars for a pair of boots, which represented an eighteen hundred percent markup <laughs> for some Payless shoes. Payless, however, returned their money and let them keep the shoes. Payless said the influencers were paid a small stipend to attend. Payless said the social experiment was meant to remind shoppers that Payless Payless's affordable shoes are fashionable too. Huh. Oh, And then it goes on to say, a study published in 2008 tested the idea that price affects perceptions of quality. Subjects were given inexpensive wine to drink, but those who were told it was more expensive described it as more flavorful and pleasant to drink.
1: Oh, it's like that, um, Adam Ruins Everything with, uh, where they're like, oh yeah, this, the wine, did you watch the wine one? Yeah. Fred Willard? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where the, basically, sommeliers are bullshit. shit.
1: Yeah. Or when they're told it's better they think it's better.
0: See, I I, I found that very, or somewhat amusing, I should yeah, say. Yeah,
1: it's it's ridiculous. It's like... You put what, a high
0: price on something, people are like, ooh, high I end. I like it. Yeah.
1: I like it because it costs more. Certain things like quality you can feel, but a lot of times you can't.
0: I, I just saw, I mean, I, I've never bought fashionable shoes. So for me, I feel like all my shoes are just made in sweatshops anyway. I don't know that there's...
1: Certain things you can feel. I mean, you can you can genuinely feel when something's a better quality, but yeah. not not a hundred percent of the time, you know. And with with fashion shoes, you don't always want to buy something that's going to cost six hundred dollars if it's going to only last a season because it's going to go out of style. So my news story isn't nearly as fun. Yeah. But then our topics are fun, so stay tuned. So, my news story is from November 26th, and it is from news.com.au, so it's from Australia. When you die, you know you're dead as your brain keeps working for some time, research shows. Hmm. We know we're dead when we die because our brains keep working to make us aware of what's happening around us, haunting new research suggests. (laughs) Top medical experts have forever been at at loggerheads, I don't know what that means, over what happens when humans die with anecdotal evidence of bright lights and flashes reported by people who have, quote, come back being the cause of, of much debate. However, a new study suggests your consciousness carries on functioning after your heart stops beating and your body movements fail. This means you're essentially, essentially, quote, trapped inside your, bo- your dead body with your brain still working, if only for a short time. Survivors of cardiac arrests, arrests were aware of what was going on around them while they were being brought back from the dead, quote unquote, the study reveals. More surprising still is the evidence that the deceased may even hear themselves being pronounced dead by doctors it goes on
0: but that's pretty much i feel like that means you're not dead then you know as, but, and if you can be brought back then were you actually i feel like you're only dead in the way that, as far as humans can tell that you're dead with our technology well, and all the everything but there might be
1: but here's what's horrifying is that you're dead but then like you're dead and then like you can be brought back, but then, like your last memory as a person is being pronounced dead.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's going to be your last memory as a person
0: if you don't. You if you, you, you don't
1: get revived. Yeah, that's that'll be your last memory if you're at if the I'm hospital. I'm dead, right? Like, no, 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 no. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. And then, like, they you're don't. Still dead at the moment. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I like, I read or heard. Is that not horrifying? No, not really. Okay. I, don't know. I just feel like you're not actually dead then. I don't know. I, I no, wonder but, more but about are, people in a coma. I don't know. But I, I think I read somewhere, and I have no sources on this, cause, so this, this might have actually just been something that was said in a movie or something, that people who were beheaded with a guillotine, that they supposedly they, they think that they could see...
1: For a second? Yeah,
0: for a few seconds. Now, I have no idea how you would verify okay. this information <laughs> you can't consult with a severed head i don't think
1: yeah i don't feel like that's right
0: Oh, no. that always intrigued me though the idea of your head just being lopped off and falling into a basket and you Ooh, can see no thank you the basket weave I'm so i have
1: and pass on that
0: i was going to touch on a few other things like this idiot on buzzfeed who just figured out that cruella Deville is just a take on the words cruel devil yeah that was we a moronic article this.
1: We talked about this a little bit. Let's 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 go ahead and fill in the listeners on this stupid shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the whole story. There's a whole article on BuzzFeed by BuzzFeed staff member named Lauren Yappelator, where she relays the fact that she just realized after watching this movie hundreds of times that Cruella DeVille, that her name is a take on the words cruel and devil which and is just is like amazing information to her, and if she's I I thought at first maybe it was just published in jest, a sarcastic. I don't think it is though, and even if it is, I don't know why you'd go to such lengths to make yourself look like a fucking idiot who couldn't comprehend.
1: Right, who all like, Deville
0: was just a take. Like it's like when what was it? Incredibles two, in that the the chick who turned out to be the villain. Her the name of her character is Evelyn Dever.
1: Right. As soon as Endeavor. I heard her name,
0: right. you know what I mean. Like it was an instant connection.
1: Like your name is Evil Endeavor, we got it.
0: And it, and when I said the words Cruella Deville to Mason, he immediately right told me what words those were adapted from.
1: Well, so it's funny because we had that. You read that article to me and Mason the other day, right? And then last night when I was I was on like this this like cleaning spree or whatever yeah and i was putting away laundry and i queued up some youtubers because i haven't watched youtube in weeks so i queued up some youtubers and i was watching an old buzzfeed youtuber like she's now a youtuber um sophia nygaard and she was she like made an offhanded comment about daylight savings which by the way one of my least favorite things at this time of the year is when people say, Thanks daylight savings for getting dark. Daylight saving time has ended. This is standard <laughs> time. Stop bitching about it. This is standard time that we're in. So anyway. And then she was like, yeah, daily savings time has ended. And then she said, This is because of Ben Franklin? No, daylight savings time has ended. Ben Franklin is one of the reasons that daylight saving time exists. Yeah, but Daily Savings has ended. It is now standard time. Stop bitching. But she is a BuzzFeed employee. And the fact that she just found out, like, on that video that Ben Franklin was responsible for Daily Savings was Mm. astounding to me. That was astounding because that I've known since, I don't know, sixth grade. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) What are you doing with your life? (laughs) Uh, Well, actually, she's doing great things with her life, so I don't mean that. But (laughs) but still, the point is there. Yeah. And also, in this process, I have managed to lose my show notes.
0: That's all right, because I, I have I have one more news article. I, got, I just got to cover it, because it made me laugh. Okay. This comes via fox8.com, a local Cleveland TV station, website, whatever. Also from November 29th, headline... Woman passes gas in line at store, pulls knife on offended man. What? (laughs) Did you see this story? No. This happened in, guess what state this happened in? It's in the United States. In Florida. Ding, ding, ding. A Florida woman faces an aggravated assault charge after authorities say she passed gas in line at a dollar store and pulled a knife on a man who complained about it. (laughs) This is where we are as a country.
1: Pulled knife on a man who complained. America's I don't like this.
0: All right. Uh, citing a Broward Sheriff's Office report, the Miami Herald reports 37 year old Shanetta Yvette Wilson passed gas. I hate that. I hate that term. She fucking farted while waiting in line at a Dollar General Sunday night and uh, upset a nearby customer. The report says the offended customer and Wilson got into an argument in reference to the defendant farting loudly. <laughs> <It's> like, loudly. <laughs> loudly. 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 Just like let it rip. She she's give just it like, shit. she's like, this is where I'm at in my life. It says Wilson then pulled a small folding knife out of her purse and told the victim she was going to gut him while moving as if to attack him. Wilson was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. Now, this this touch this without
1: speaks, intent to kill. She's starting to gut him.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know With a deadly weapon without intent to kill. That's, a, that's what it says. So
1: sounds like this takes me back
0: to a problem that incites my road rage, which is when and again, I am not a perfect driver. I don't want to say that. However, if I do accidentally cut somebody off, which doesn't happen often, I will wave. I will try to make some sort of road often. restitution. Other people, when, when they cut me off and I honk at them, will then escalate things by flicking me off as if I did something wrong for calling them on their nonsense. And that's basically what happened. She fucking ripped one. The right. dude was like, goddamn, bitch. And she right. pulled a knife on him for getting upset <laughs> about her farts. She
1: was like, she was like, you don't like my farts? <laughs>
0: right. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's that's basically the story.
1: She was like, oh, okay, you don't like this? She's like, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna teach you not to like this.
0: <laughs> Complain about farts. My farts are wonderful. She's like,
1: I'm about I'm about to gut your ass.
0: You should be feel privileged to be in the presence of my farts. Right. How She's dare like, you!
1: the best farts you'll ever smell. She but seems fun.
0: I want to go first. I, I agree. Think you your sh- story is very, I think it should wrap things up.
1: All right. Well, our both our both our stories are great this this week.
0: I don't know about that. I think your story is great. Mine is mine's fun for me anyway.
1: OK, whatever.
0: So I'm going to be talking about the Muppets, which is the word puppets with Where an re- M with an M. Yeah, that's that's what that is. I'll actually explain that. All right. So the Muppets, first of all, what do you know about the Muppets? What? <laughs> what? Do you, Why? do you have a favorite Muppet? Did you watch the Muppet show? How were you introduced to the Muppets?
1: I watched the Muppets as a kid. The Muppet show? A little bit. Yeah. You know? But mainly I watched um I watched Muppet Christmas Carol.
0: As a kid? That was the 90s. Were you a kid in the 90s? Yeah. Oh. I feel like I was fully grown in the 90s.
1: Good for you. I graduated high school in 99.
0: Huh. Did you see like Muppet Treasure Island and stuff like that?
1: I've seen Did it you, once. Like the
0: Muppet movies from the 80s?
1: Saw some of them.
0: Yeah. So yeah. you weren't a big Muppet person. Muppet babies?
1: I loved Muppet Babies. They make your dreams come true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Muppet Babies. That's that's your familiar.
1: I loved Muppet Babies. Um I I watched yeah, I like Muppet.
0: So I from from my memory for me, which again it's not that reliable, but it doesn't really matter cuz it's my memory. Nobody <laughs> like, in court fuck here. you cuz a shit, right? <laughs> no, I I remember the Muppet show and I remember it, and again before the great TV removal of 1980 whatever we it would come on on Saturday nights. And this was a problem cuz we, we were still we were seventh day Adventist, and even though we had a TV we weren't allowed to watch TV during the Sabbath, which was from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday.
1: Oh, so like once the wait. So once the sun went down on Saturday you could watch T V? Yeah. So why was there a problem if the sun went down on Saturday, then you could watch the Muppets?
0: Because the sun didn't go down at the same time. Because of well, as you were just talking about daylight savings time and whatnot. So some some it depends on what time the Muppets air. I don't know what time it was on. I don't remember that far back. But I remember there were some times we couldn't watch it because the sun wasn't down.
1: Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, like in the summer. Yeah. The summer the sun doesn't go down to fucking nine. Right. Yeah. But like in, in fall, it goes down to 430.
0: Yeah. So there were times it, we we couldn't watch it. And I, I honestly, like I said, I don't remember if it was on it. I guess it was a syndicated. So it, it may have aired at different times. For different people, so I I don't actually know. But anyway, I love the Muppet Show, even though a lot of times I did not recognize their their guests as a kid.
1: Yeah, when we watched that, like that one episode, yeah, recently, like Cloris Leachman, like I I didn't know who that was until the last like ten years, right?
0: Or I when would've... we watch we watched the Muppet movie. And Orson Welles, I had no idea that was Orson Welles. <laughs> I've right. seen that movie a hundred times and we watched it this week. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Orson Welles.
1: <laughs> right. I, didn't, I
0: didn't know who that was. Yeah. I recognized so many more people. Yeah. In that movie. Tons of people had cameos. All right. So the Muppets were created by puppeteer Jim Henson in the 1950s. Oh. Wow. Beginning with Kermit the Frog. He would uh, he would go on to become his the big breakout character uh, mascot or whatever of the Muppets. The Muppets were originally conceived for an adult audience, Henson claimed, <laughs> and later retracted that he he coined the term Muppet as a portmanteau of the words marionette and puppet.
1: Oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense.
0: <clears throat> 1955, the Muppets were introduced in Sam and Friends, a short television series produced for WRC TV in Washington D.C.
1: Was that like Sam the Eagle?
0: I think so. I'm not. Sh- I I'll get into it here, uh, but I'm guessing it was Sam the Eagle. This was developed by Henson and his eventual wife Jane Nebel. Or Nebel, Uh, the series was notable for being the first form of puppet media not to incorporate a physical proscenium arch. I did not look that word up. I'm gonna assume that's the thing. Oh, that you know, like when you would would see puppeteers, marionette puppeteers, they would have you know that thing above or between their hands and the puppets. um,
1: for people listening, think of the puppet show in Sound of Music, like when they're when they're up there, up above the the marionette puppets, like when you're up, up top.
0: So uh, instead, they relied on the natural framing of the television set through which the programming or the program was viewed. So during the 1960s, and I, I didn't know the characters went back to the 50s. I didn't either. I didn't. I didn't know that until I started doing this research. So during the 1960s, the characters, in particular Kermit and Ralph the dog, appeared in skits. I love on, Ralph. Yeah, they appeared in skits on several late-night talk shows and on television commercials, including the Ed Sullivan Show. Ralph became the first Muppet character with a regular spot on net network television when he began appearing alongside Jimmy Dean on the Jimmy Dean Show. That was a show about sausage. I don't know if you remember that, but. No, I don't know that. I'm just, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I assume it was a Jimmy Dean sausage hour. I don't know. It Seems right to me.
1: I was like,
0: <laughs> "Holy face. shit, dude!" You know I try to be straight sometimes. Like, I try to play it straight, and I look, I see your face, and I just lose it. <laughs> the horror, the horror your face displays sometimes. It's just, it's too much.
1: Oh, well, because I believed you. (laughs) It would have been funnier, though, if it was Miss Piggy in the sausage hour. (laughs) Anyway. All right. In 1966,
0: Joan Gans Cooney and Lloyd Morissette began developing an educational television program targeted towards children and approached Henson to design several Muppet characters for the program. Produced by the Children's Television Workshop, the program debuted as Sesame Street
1: in 1969.
0: All right. Henson and his creative team performed and created several characters for Sesame Street during the years that followed. Henson waived his performance fee in exchange for retaining ownership rights to the Muppet characters he created for the program really which is pretty cool
1: good idea
0: so in the early 1970s, the Muppets continued their presence in television, primarily appearing in the Land of Gorch segments during the first season of Saturday Night Live. I need to go back and check that out i don't I've no I I'm have not familiar with of that, that at all. <laughs> As his involvement with Sesame Street continued, Henson mused about the possibility of creating a network television series featuring the Muppets as opposed to Sesame Street. However, this proposed series would be aimed at a more adult audience and focused largely on sketch comedy. So there were two pilot specials that aired on ABC. The first was called The Muppets Valentine Show that aired in on ABC in 1974. And the other one was called The Muppet Show Sex and Violence and aired in 1975. Which was shocking to find out there was a Muppet show called Sex and Violence. Yeah. And And we watched it. It was
1: not funny. It was
0: not very good. It was not. But I I was happy to watch it, though. Again, I I had no idea.
1: Ah, I really wanted it to be funnier.
0: And it did deal with like the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So it did have a little. And they're clearly going mostly for an adult audience. But it it wasn't all that great. No. So.
1: They needed better writers. The Muppets were cute.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that wasn't, that focused more, they had a lot of Sam the Eagle and some Muppet that was very similar to Kermit.
1: No, he was very similar to Scooter. Well, he looked
0: like Scooter, but he sounded more like Kermit. Yeah. And he was, he was kind of the the Kermit of, but Kermit appeared in the show very briefly.
1: He was very briefly, but he was like, he was the MC like Kermit. Yeah. But he looked like Scooter.
0: Right. But he didn't have glasses. No, he didn't have have glasses. He did kind of have hair.
1: He had hair. Yeah. Yeah. Different hair.
0: All right, so after ABC passed on these pilots and no other major American network expressed any interest in backing the project, a British producer named Lou Grade approached Jim Henson and agreed to co-produce the series for Associated Television. So, in 1976, The Muppet Show debuted and introduced the characters Miss, Piz- Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, and Animal, in addition to showcasing regulars Kermit and Rolf.
1: Animal was in the pilot.
0: yes. Yeah. He and like his, I was reading up. about animals. Animal's my favorite Muppet. I guess probably not surprising for most people. It's
1: not.
0: <laughs> so, but he, he, his whole, like when Jim Henson was describing him back then, he was all about music, sex, and food. Like those were his things. That's what yeah, he was makes
1: into. So, that, yeah. That's, you would was, be, you would like Animal.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, so you. Yeah, like me.
1: <laughs> that's so you. <laughs> remember when I was watching Muppets the other day and I was like, who is this for?
0: Oh, yeah, because all was, the jokes were.
1: They were all adult, but it was like the one that was just on in like 2015. It was like the one. That was Oh, just the TV the, show. Yeah, it was just the recent one. Yeah. That we were watching and they were all adult jokes. And I was like, yeah,
0: that's who it's, it's always been geared towards. I didn't adults.
1: know that. I watched it as a child. I didn't know that.
0: I feel like it's geared towards adults the same way certain Pixar movies are like The Incredibles.
1: Yeah, you keep talking about how The Incredibles is an adult movie.
0: Did I tell you that Brad Bird, the writer, creator, director, said the same thing? And he, somebody told him that iTunes is classified Incredibles 2 as a children's movie. And he was like, I'm going to take this up with them. This is not a children's movie. And he's right. It's not. It's, it's, it's an animated movie. It doesn't mean it's a kid's movie. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. Same thing with Muppets. Their puppets must be for kids. And they just had that movie that just came out, which is a Jim Henson or Henson production thing.
1: Oh, that weird sex movie.
0: Yeah. Well, not sex movie, but the the Happy Time Murders.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, that. that Yeah.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) That weird sex movie. I want to see that. I'm intrigued by this.
1: What weird sex movie? I don't know. I think I was talking about the same one. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: Uh, But yeah, just because it's a puppet. Or Muppet, or something that looks like a Muppet, doesn't mean it's for children. But at the same time, it's not—it's not as if the Muppets are doing hardcore stuff. This isn't, you know. And same with the Incredibles, it's not—it's not Deadpool, you know. They're not going for a hard R. But the point is, they're not trying to make—it's not exactly fucking Shrek and Ice Age either, you know.
1: Ice Age. Oh, what a piece of shit Ice Age is. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I don't like DreamWorks movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't DreamWorks movies like, are fucking I terrible. I like
1: Shrek. I don't care what anyone doing. I says. enjoyed the first Shrek. Shrek. 1 is, is a fun movie. I like It Shrek. was,
0: but so many of those it, references are so dated. Oh, because no, it's, it, I didn't it, say it held up. Yeah, the, it's the references thing. It's like they, they just, the jokes don't hold up that well for the most part. Anyway, back to The Muppets. All right, through, through its syndication, The Muppet Show became increasingly popular due to its sketch variety format, unique brand of humor, and prolific roster of guest stars. The series went on to receive 21 Primetime Emmy Award nominations during its run and won four, including Outstanding Variety Series in 1978.
1: Remember Variety Shows?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the closest thing we have is Saturday Night Live, but that's more of a sketch comedy show.
1: We had Viva Variety. That was a yeah. great show.
0: The success of The Muppet Show allowed Henson Associates to diversify and do theatrical films centered on the Muppets. In the first of these, The Muppet Movie was released in 1979. I got. I just want to touch on this. is outside of my research here. How much celebrities love to interact with Muppets? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like this at first. You know, we were going through the first season. Most of their guests are not well known names. Now, Or right. again, I'm guessing even back then, for the most part. But over time,
1: they started getting big names.
0: Big names. Everybody loves the Muppets. Up until you know that the most recent thing being that ABC TV series, which that was so
1: funny when he's like. I sent you into Dancing with the Stars, and you came back with Tom Bergeron?
0: <laughs> Tom Bergeron's outside. I'm He's still like,
1: here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves to interact with the Muppets. It's, yeah. And I think that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. I mean, like Nobody says no to the Muppets.
1: Well, yeah. I wouldn't say no to the Muppets.
0: All right. So, uh, yeah, the, so the Muppet movie came out in 1979. We watched that this week. That really took you by surprise was- for the how well it held up.
1: Kermit is riding a bike and I don't understand the logistics of it. I don't understand. It anyway, it was 1979. We
0: should talk about that. The puppeteering magic, you know, the making these things.
1: Outstanding. Yeah.
0: But believable as existing in our world is. It, Kermit's just riding a bike down
1: the road and it's like, and everyone else is <laughs> walking around him. Like it's no big deal. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's 1979. Fo- Fozzie
0: drives a car. <laughs> so yeah. It's like. He's driving a stew Baker. Yeah. The, the the, the Henson, Jim Henson did so much.
1: That's insane.
0: So following the Muppet movie were The Great Muppet Caper and The Muppets Take Manhattan. We didn't watch those week, this week. Those came out in I 81, 84. I've seen both of those multiple times. Uh, collectively, the three films received four Academy Award nominations. And then in 1983, Jim Henson debuted another television series called Fraggle Rock, which ran ah! on H- HBO in the United States until 1987. I've never seen a full episode of Fraggle
1: Rock. I did as a child.
0: I remember going to a neighbor's house and, and seeing bits and pieces of it. But I never saw a full episode.
1: I forgot about Fraggle Rock until you said that.
0: Yeah. So, and he did a lot of other stuff, too, that I'm, I'm kind of skipping over to kind of stick to the Muppets. But you have the Dark Crystal.
1: Never saw that. That was
0: a movie that you know, Jim Henson, Puppeteering, and all that stuff.
1: mm I never saw
0: it. So in May 1990, Jim Henson suddenly died at the age of 53 from Toxic Shock Syndrome.
1: Jesus Christ, did he have tampon in like i don't even know what else
0: (laughs) i don't know how you get that either there's not any i I just got this from wikipedia didn't have any other information other information he
1: died suddenly i just didn't know what from i didn't know
0: either till i looked this up so this was an unexpected event that was widely lamented in the media and entertainment industry for obvious reasons in the weeks following his death, he was celebrated with a wave of tributes. He was posthumously, is it posthumously or post? I always say posthumously, but some people I say thought it was posthumously.
1: Post, I thought it was post.
0: posthumously. I don't Inducted know. into the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1991 and was selected to be one of the Disney legends in 2011, which I don't really know what that is, but I assume it's like Walt Disney and think. Jim Henson. I don't know who else there is. <laughs> who else is in there?
1: I don't know. Maybe Brad John Bar- Lasseter. Is, is Brad Bird dead yet? I don't think
0: he would get in there yet.
1: Wait wait till he dies.
0: So, in February of 2004, Disney acquired the rights to the Muppets intellectual property from the Jim Henson Company for 75 million dollars. Doesn't seem like
1: that. Doesn't seem like a lot.
0: Doesn't seem like a lot, especially compared to the four billion they paid for Star Wars. However, the Muppets were not nearly as popular as they used to be. So, uh, this acquisition consisted of the Muppets and the Bear and the Big Blue House properties. Remember that show from when the kids were. Little, I love
1: fair in the Big Blue yeah. House.
0: So, as well as the Muppets Film and Television Library. In 2011, the Muppets were featured in a seventh movie called The Muppets, intended to serve as a creative re- reboot for the characters. Now, you remember this movie. We watched it again this week, but I, we saw I it liked, in theaters. You I remember I how excited movie. I was to go see it?
1: That movie was good.
0: And it was great. Yeah. Now, Jason Siegel was one of the co-writers and one of the stars. Yeah. And if you're if you've seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which he also wrote, he, he shows some love for the Muppets with his own Dracula puppet creation thing and yeah. the singing and his, everything. His rock opera. So I'm, I'm guessing that was a, a, probably a dream come true for Jason Segel to get to work. On he a did Muppet a great movie. job. Yeah. On and, the and, and it comes through in the movie. Yeah. like He loves the Muppets. He did again, a
1: fantastic job.
0: Harkening back to celebrities love the Muppets. How could you not love the Muppets? All right, the movie was directed by James Bobbin and written by Jason Segel and Nicholas Stoller. It starred Jason Segel, Amy Adams, and Chris Cooper, and then a whole bunch of other celebrity cameos, of course. It was met with widespread critical acclaim, it was commercially successful, and it won an Academy Award for Best Original Song, which I have to point out went to Brett McKenzie, yeah. who is a part one half of Flight of the Concords, who we wrote love. a lot of the songs for the movie, and again... Mm-hmm.
1: We love Flight of the
0: Concords. Fantastic job with the songs. Great, memorable songs. And you can also hear his That's, voice in the songs, too. Oh, yeah. We
1: should fly Flight the Concords as one of the topics.
0: Yeah, eventually. I thought about that. In March 2012, the Muppets received a collective star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So after after that, the 2011 Muppet movie was successful, Disney announced a, a sequel called yeah. Muppets Most Wanted. Uh, written by okay James, at best. James Bobbin directed it and uh, Nicholas Stoller wrote it. We did not have Jason Siegel on it and he was missed. However, I thought it was a pretty good movie, though. Overall, not I as good it as it was
1: OK at best,
0: had a great cast. Ricky Gervais and Tina Fey. Yeah,
1: it didn't have a good cast.
0: So after that movie came out and again, it was not as successful and it, it wasn't as good either, to be honest, but it, it's still a totally enjoyable movie. It's not as funny as as the one that preceded it, though. So after that, they were interested in expanding the Muppets across different media platforms, particularly television. Discussions for a new primetime series began uh, within the Muppets Studio, and by Which April they
1: got back in that first Muppet movie we saw.
0: <laughs> well, the no, Muppets Studio, no, we saw is what Disney. That's what Disney's uh, Muppets. Uh, collective is called like they I don't have think Marvel so. I, and Star Wars. That's I'm pretty Muppet sure studio.
1: we saw. I it think back. it's just
0: the physical yeah, studio. We
1: got it back from the guy from American Beauty in the first movie. So in
0: May 2015, ABC announced that it had greenlit a new primetime television series titled The Muppets. It premiered on September 22nd, 2015, and ended on March 1st, 2016. So the, in it get that's it's a funny ass show
1: yeah partially our fault because we didn't watch it until just now definitely
0: well we don't watch any television so yeah. a lot of that's our fault but also people are watching things like modern family and whatnot yeah all this fucking yeah. basic hey, ass hey
1: also all you people watching shit shows all the time
0: <laughs> instead and letting the muppets die
1: also our fault though because we don't watch any shows
0: right so a web television series featuring the muppets is in development as of February of this year, and it is tentatively scheduled to debut alongside the Disney Plus streaming service next year.
1: See, that's the kind of stuff I like. They put shit out on web.
0: Right, streaming. So it.
1: that I can watch it. Exactly. Like, if you don't put it
0: out on streaming, I'm not going to see it. See, my favorite Muppets, uh, Kermit. My favorite Muppets.
1: Let's make a <laughs> new podcast.
0: <laughs> my favorite Muppets. We'll just cover one Muppet. I actually thought about approaching this in a different way. At one point, I was, instead of just, doing kind of the the history of of the actual muppets. I thought about after watching the first movie and how the the muppets got together, you know, that's what the movie's about, yeah. how the Mupp- I was thinking about covering the muppets from a fictional history that way, like how how they hooked up and their journey since then and all that. I thought that would have been kind of fun, but I I didn't know if that was appropriate for our show i wanted to be informational
1: yeah I'm and also you would have just that. stared
0: at me like that the way you're looking at me right now the whole time
1: yeah that's really bad for my forehead wrinkles because <laughs> i raise my eyebrows as high as they can i go. thought that
0: would have been a fun way to do it though just talk about their different adventures oh and then they were in space and then they then they became pirates together <laughs> 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 they've had quite a journey
1: like the muppets look at all everything that they've accomplished carly <laughs> got so bored by your muppet story that he's up walking around he didn't even stay in, laying down
0: so the the Muppet Christmas Carol movie is a fantastic Christmas movie. Yeah. You should add to your Christmas movie rotation. It's really great. It's got Michael fantastic Cain, songs. Yeah, it's got great songs. Michael Caine gives a great performance. Like he's it really is a great performance as Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah,
1: he's so Scrooge. He plays it so straight. Yeah,
0: he plays, he plays it so straight. No matter what's going on.
1: That's so it's fantastic. It's a great
0: adaptation of
1: it's probably Christmas my Carol. F- it, no, it is it's my favorite Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah, like it is. by far, easily. Like, like, one of my favorite lines is like Gonzo and Rizzo are narrating and they cut to them sometimes as they narrate.
1: Gonzo plays Charles Dickens.
0: Yeah. It got at towards the end towards the end of the movie. And I was like, I don't think I need to say spoiler alert alert for a Christmas carol, but Gonzo no. no, at one point says And Tiny Tim, who was not dead <laughs> 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 like, like it's 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 pretty funny. Oh
1: yeah. It's it's a really great that's that's fantastic. I, hopefully everybody who's listening has seen Muppets of Christmas Carol because it's fantastic.
0: Also, little tidbit, my first tattoo, which is now covered up because it was fucking conceptually terrible and just done terribly by a terrible artist. Everything about it. it. It was all bad, but it's all covered now. It was up like now. triple whammy. It was almost an animal tattoo. However, it didn't have the internet back then <laughs> so i couldn't find a decent picture of animal you're like does anybody
1: have a magazine
0: <laughs> right <laughs> a picture of a it's mom's. a lot harder to find pictures of things you liked back then
1: you're like go to the library and find a book and make I, a photocopy I still
0: i would still get an animal tattoo
1: that's good you should do that yeah i mean if you want your body <laughs> so all of that being said we're gonna leading into my topic, which was actually a new listener request. And she was she requested it before she even was a listener.
0: Yes. Uh, Rachel, right? Rachel. Yes. Hi so, Rachel. Hi Hopefully Rachel.
1: Welcome. And it is Killdozer. <laughs> Killdozer. Most of my information i'm gonna actually give it i don't normally do this this is normally a sean thing where you just pull all your information from one place but
0: some people are really good at collecting this stuff and it's just right there
1: yeah that's what we're supposed to be doing
0: (laughs) yeah and i
1: normally do i don't make money on this shit i normally do my research oh yeah we have a patreon page as well
0: patreon yes
1: patreon we love our patrons we do special episodes one one up last week so this is from, it's written by someone named Jason Bellows, who does a great job. I edit a little bit and add some here and there, but Jason Bellows is really good at this. He, he is on damninteresting.com, and he he wrote the bulk of what I'm going to tell you today. Marvin Heemeyer of Grand B, Colorado. So he was a, must, a frustrated muffler repair shop owner, and he was also a professional welder just trying to make a living for himself. But unfortunately, he was also in the business of getting fucked over by everyone in town. (laughs) (laughs) That was added by me.
0: Okay. I was like, I feel like I'm kind of in that business.
1: (laughs) That was not Jason Bellows. Um, So basically, like, everybody from Paperboy to City Hall was just, like, constantly fucking this dude over. Hmm. Like, he just, he was like, bad luck, Chuck. And in the late 90s, After years of protests, petitions, and town meetings, it became obvious to the 52-year-old that he was entwined in a gross miscarriage of justice. His business was ruined by some shady zoning changes, and Heemeyer contended that the mayor and the city council were corrupt. Even as he was forced to give up his legal fight and sell his land, he decided to take one last step and hatch one last plan to secretly retool his muffler shop and to, st- to serve a single malevolent purpose, to construct a machine that would allow him to exact his revenge upon those who had wronged him.
0: Kill dozer.
1: Kill, kill, kill dozer. <laughs> he- meyer first became enamored with the state of Colorado when he was stationed there in the Air Force. After his service ended, he moved to Grand Lake, Colorado and opened a small chain of mush- muffler shops muffler shops i have a hard mm-hmm. time saying that in the surrounding cities after a while he began to lease some of the shops out to other operators but he kept one mountain view muffler in grand B to operate for himself hemeyer became involved with politics almost immediately upon establishing his home in colorado he was generally well liked among his friends and neighbors which is how everybody who
0: loses right, no matter their what shit, heinous crime you commit your friends and neighbors are like oh he's a good guy he made a really good potato salad.
1: Right. And he always came to the block parties, um, in which we don't go to any block parties. So that should tell you we don't get in trouble. Like, we don't <laughs> right. ever Our up. neighbors
0: would be like, they kept to themselves and we hated them.
1: Right. Which means they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Uh, so he was described as an enjoyable person and someone who would bend over backwards for anyone. There were some, however, who were more familiar with his volatile temperament. He was a strong proponent of legalizing gambling. And he published at least two na- newsletters with, oh, to disseminate his views. Sorry. When a reporter for a local paper interviewed Hemeyer for an editorial opposed to gambling, he reported that Hemeyer was so enraged by the opposition that the interview nearly came to fisticuffs.. Hmm. In one particularly extreme instance, Hemeyer threatened to kill a customer's husband when she refused to pay for a faulty muffler repair. If Marv was your friend, he was your best friend, said one of Hemeyer's close associates. But if he decided he was your enemy, then he was your worst and most dangerous enemy. Hmm. Yeah. So in the late 1990s, the Ditchoff family, may- maybe Ditchoff, <laughs> Ditchiff?
0: Sure, that's fine.
1: Family approached Heemeyer to buy his one remaining muffler shop in order to build a concrete batch plant on the land. It was a matter of public record that Hemeyer had bought the land for $42,000. Ditchoff reported that they agreed to buy the land for $250,000, but the deal fell apart when Hemeyer raised the price to $375,000 and reportedly once even mentioned a million dollars. Having grown wary of Hemeyer's indecisiveness, the Ditchoffs went to Grand Granby City Council and sought to rezone the land surrounding Heemeyer's muffler shop. Heemeyer mm-hmm. was involved in the rezoning process from the outset, attending town meetings to ensure his interests were protected. Nevertheless, in 2001, the Town Zoning Commission and trustees approved the rezoning requests, adding apparent insult to injury. The plan for the concrete plant cut off was the only route to his muffler shop. Mm. Yeah. So he got he got fucked by not taking that plan. Yeah. Bar that payout.
0: Why did he keep raising the price, though?
1: Because he was being a dick.
0: So, yeah. He was being of, greedy. Yeah. Being, hmm.
1: So the city then fined Hemeyer <clears throat> uh, $2,500 for junk cars on his property and to, failing to, to have his shop hooked up to the sewer line. Jesus. Hindered but not yet defeated, Heemeyer set out to remedy the situation using community action, legal maneuvering, and elbow grease. He appealed the Zoning Commission's decision and gathered signatures from town folks to, to petition against the plant. He attempted to obtain permission to install a sewer line under eight feet of land owned by Mountain Park Concrete, but the new owners refused. He even went so far as to buy a bulldozer to build a new road that would allow customers to access his muffler shop, but the city council declined to approve his plan. (laughs) Many people suspected that there were some shady dealings between the concrete plant and the members of the city council, but no actual evidence of illegal goings-on were ever found. It does sound awfully shady. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really shady. To cut off the only route in and out for customers and then not allow him to buy or to attach a sewer line, but then fine him for not having a sewer line. Right. Is very shady.
0: That would be infuriating.
1: Having no recourse, Meyer sent the sh- the city the twenty five hundred dollar check to cover the fines, with the words "coward" written ominously on the memo line. <laughs> he then sold the muffler shop property to a trash to a trash company and was given six months to vacate. meyer set to work immediately on his new project, <laughs> the Komatsu D three thirty five A bulldozer that was meant to save his business was instead moved to the muffler shop, and Heemeyer began to make some modifications. He started by adding a homemade, homemade composite armor cement, sand, cement sandwiched between thick sheets of metals to protect the cab, engine, and parts of tracks. He installed front and rear cameras to feed images to monitors in the cab.
0: This shit is awesome.
1: And several gun ports were, sent, were set around the control center. A stockpile of food and water were stored inside, as well as an air tank to help provide air circulation. <laughs> Throughout one and a half years of construction, one and a half years,
0: Yeah.
1: meyer documented his progress through notes and audio tapes. Because of your anger, because of your malice, because of your hate, you would not work with me, he stated in tape recordings. I'm going to sacrifice my life, my miserable future you gave me, to show you that what you did is wrong. He received several visitors at his shop while working on his armored vehicle, of Vengeance, and none of them seemed alarmed seemed alarm at the weaponized armored shell <laughs> atop his earth mover. In his notes, He Meyer credited the, the higher power with clouded vision, and on one occasion he wrote, I was always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. <laughs> 2004 was a tough year for Heemeyer. His father passed away in March, and he broke off his engagement when he caught his betrothed with another man.
0: Oof. Yeah. That'll fuck you up.
1: The morning of Friday the 4th of June, which is the day before my birthday, Yeah. he was gray and drizzly. Heemeyer mailed his audio tapes to his brother, he went to the shop, and he climbed into his bulldozer with a handwritten list of targets. (laughs) He used the winch controls to lower the concrete and steel shell onto the top of his vehicle. Nothing short of a crane is able to lift the 30-ton armor shell off the vehicle once it's in place.
0: 30 tons, holy shit.
1: With the fateful metal clap. This dude is like
0: a Batman villain. Yeah. Fucking awesome.
1: And he had to use... Remember when we went to Warner Brothers Studios and they said that the only way to drive the the Bat... What is that thing called? The Batmobile? No, the... um. Oh my gosh! It's in the.
0: It is a Batmobile. The tumbler.
1: The tumbler. The only way to drive the tumbler is by. Has monitors. Monitors. This is what this is. The only way to drive it is by monitors because they have pictures of the inside of it before they dismantled it. Yeah. And it had just a whole bunch of little computer monitors, like the the little, the little itty bitty like, like the black and white TVs, CCTV monitors. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of those. That's how we was driving it. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. So with that fateful clap, He-Meyer was sealed into a concrete and steel box that he would never escape. At just 3 p.m., the makeshift tank tore through the side of his shed and smashed into the Mountain Park concrete plant. (laughs) Shortly thereafter, (laughs) the phones of the 911 response center began ringing incessantly. A man named Cody Dutchoff, Dutchoff, whatever, that guy from earlier... Witnessed the destruction in progress and attempted to use a front end loader to intercept the rampaging bulldozer, but withdrew when he was fired upon by the gun ports of the killdozer.
0: <laughs> With, like holy shit. <laughs> there's guns. <laughs> right.
1: Within minutes, two buildings and multiple vehicles were eviscerated, and the killdozer rumbled towards the highway into town. The slow-moving bulldozer picked up a parade of emergency vehicles, as escorts, as it approached the city limits. One police SUV was crushed when it strayed too near. Under Sheriff Glenn Trainer managed to climb atop the moving bulldozer and used 37 rounds from his service pistol to try to shoot his way in. I think that the thing that drove me, he later reported, is that I knew that killing him behind the wheel was the only way I was going to be able to stop this thing. When Heemeyer and his killdozer arrived in town, the Granby police were waiting for him. Against the armored behemoth, however, the lawmen were powerless. When it became clear that the armor was impervious to bullets, the police tried explosive, but they too were without effect. Lawmen kept trying to the, kept to the sides and tried to evacuate anyone from the killdozer's path. And then local Util, local police utilized reverse nine one one to call the residents and warn them about the impending danger. Wow! So they had to Verse evacuate. Reverse nine
0: one one. I've never heard of that.
1: What are you talking about? We get reverse nine one one calls all the time. We do. Yeah. Or oh, maybe it's only my phone that's set up for it.
0: I don't know what the. What are you talking about?
1: We get reverse nine one one calls all the time, like when power lines go down or when the roads get closed for whatever reason. I don't get those calls. Oh, I do. All the time. I
0: didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So. We get reverse 911 calls all the time. So news helicopters film the unfolding violence from above. So you can see all the videos online. That's what I was watching earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs>
0: it's really fucking
1: cool, actually.
0: Isn't this way more fun than murder? It's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> the over-encumbered vehicle was obviously difficult to control and swerved widely through the streets, but Hemeyer was able to seek out and hit specific targets. The bulldozer, the bulldozer effortlessly demolished cars and buildings, including the home of the former mayor, the office of the newspaper that had sided against him in an editorial. Nice. The business of the former of a former councilman and City Hall. Despite the destruction of the property, no people were injured or killed. The Granby police requisitioned an industrial scraper to pit heavy equipment against the heavy his heavy equipment. But the Killdozer merely shoved the equipment aside. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. They didn't realize what he had done to that equipment. To make it like...
0: He made it an impenetrable tank. He did it. Yeah.
1: In about an hour of mayhem, the Bulldozer had demolished 13 structures and was en route to its next target, Gamble's Hardware. The damage from small arms and extra weight of the armor were taking the toll on the vehicle, however... The radiator had sprung elite and, and the killdozer was losing horsepower. Hmm. As the fatigued machine crashed through the wall of the hardware store, the floor beneath the beast broke. So killdozer's bottom fell out.
0: Fell into the, oh, I thought you meant the floor of the building. No. Oh.
1: And the front of, oh, wait, I did mean the floor of the building. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. And the, but the bulldozer fell into the basement and then the engine struggled and it could not, it could not pull itself out. SWAT team surrounded the killdozer, and one of the members reported hearing a, a single muffled gunshot from within the cab. Oof. The vehicle didn't move again, ending the rampage that had lasted two hours and seven minutes and caused $7 million in damage.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. Explosives were employed to open the tank, but in the end, it took 12 hours.
0: Wow. Dude, they, if he hadn't got stuck in that basement, they wouldn't have been able to stop him pretty much. Yeah.
1: An oxy, an oxy acyltine, acetylene, acetylene, oxy acetylene, oxyacetylene torch, and yeah. a crane to crack the armored top. Wow. Yeah. Inside, Hemiron was found dead, having shot himself with a three fifty seven handgun. He was the lone casualty.
0: No, I was talking to Logan about this story earlier this week. Does there any mention? of the mayor wanting to call in like a missile strike. Logan told me supposedly that they were going to call it a, they wanted to call it a missile strike, but they decided against it No, or they weren't granted permission. The idea of that is, is fucking like that's straight out of a fucking action movie.
1: No, but there is in April of this year, it was reported by deadline that Doug Lehman has joined the upcoming documentary Tread, which is going to be about.
0: Just Killdozer or.
1: About Killdozer.
0: You know what Doug Lehman is, right? No. He directed Swingers Chaos- and a bunch of the Born Identity movies.
1: Oh, he did. It says Chaos Walking director. I don't know what Chaos Walking is. But Lehman is joining. Um, he is producing it and yeah he did
0: he directed swingers but he's producing identity
1: he's producing it and paul soleil is directing it and it's going to be a documentary called tread
0: i gotta see that
1: called tread and it's it's a documentary based on this whole thing
0: and where where is that when is that
1: i don't know it was just announced in april
0: oh they didn't say who was making it or anything other than the people yeah that that's a fun story
1: yeah, and I was looking it up on IMDb, and it just says filming. It like doesn't have any other details right now.
0: Now, this guy was clearly a bit of an asshole. Yeah. you know, the, He's it.
1: idolized. So they took everything apart when they dismantled it, and they spread it over multiple landfills, over multiple states. Wow. To ensure that it is not able to be reassembled
0: <laughs> yeah because nobody else could ever do that
1: well it's because so many people idolize him he has yeah. become such an idol on the internet well, dude, that's
0: fucking amazing
1: because people like that's that's like that's like the dream when someone wrongs you to fucking get vengeance get, to like get that. revenge
0: he yeah. didn't kill anybody right could you imagine destroying someone's house with a bulldozer that that you felt wronged by like that would feel so good <laughs> i would just laugh and the then whole just time. be like i'm done or or a former employer or whoever, Something. somebody, and just taking a fucking unstoppable yeah, he's bulldozer. So,
1: he's so idolized on the internet that they had to like spread it out over everywhere to to get rid of it.
0: So police officer jumped on there, fired thirty seven <laughs> rounds, and then was like, "I got nothing. Right? I can't do anything." That is uh, some Batman shit. Yeah, that, that is straight out of straight out of Batman. That's fucking great. That's that's a great story.
1: Yeah, it was 2000, 2004. It was 14 years ago now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. I can't believe I hadn't heard of it. And it's crazy. It's like Rachel told us about it. And then we come home and we're talking about like doing it for the podcast. And our oldest son, Logan, who is 16.
0: Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I know all about Kildobert. He knows all about it. Yeah. And, and like, I, I vaguely remembered it when she told us about it, but I did not. I, and I, I All I remember it be, before, you know, I started looking into it after the fact. The only thing I remembered was somebody in a giant fortified bulldozer. I thought my again, my memory being terrible, I thought they went on like a killing spree. I thought he was like on the freeway running cars over or something. So I I I might've just take, I might've just manufactured that entire memory. I have no idea.
1: I didn't remember it at all, but it might've been also because I had a baby. Like I didn't, you know what I mean? And we didn't watch
0: TV then even.
1: Yeah. And I had a little kid and I was working. I was, I was at AT AT&T. Like I had, I had a lot going on. I was busy. So yeah. Crazy, crazy fucking story, right? Yeah.
0: Killdozer and Muppets. (laughs) what a great what a great episode
1: what it's a goofy it's a goofy little episode that's everything i think right yeah i don't have anything else to share
0: that's all i got
1: it's all i've got too so yeah that's that's everything for this week uh if you have any suggested topics shoot them on over if you go to the website couplegoalspodcast.com up top there is a link for recommendations all you do is click on the link send over your ideas and we'll cover your topic next. Last week, we did Jeremy's. This week Next?
0: Later. We have, I don't want, don't go promising stuff. There, I have other suggestions I haven't covered yet. <laughs> There's no guarantees we'll cover All your right. topic.
1: Not the, next, but the, like maybe. We'll yeah. cover your topic maybe in yeah. the future at some point. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Well, absolutely not next because we already have next topic picked.
0: Yeah. So hopefully that works out.
1: Definitely not next. All right. Well, that's everything for this week.
0: Thanks for listening, guys.
1: Bye.